Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. We record this every Friday at 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, live. Uh, um, and it's episode 549. Got a great panel. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. We're going to start with Heather. Heather, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? See, I uh, am the uh, CTO of Rocketeer and Digital Solutions Lead at uh, The Difference Consulting. And um, I am also known as the Unicorn Whisperer. Yeah, yeah, I love it. You need to increase your volume a little oh, bit. Okay. Right. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, right. And we've got Spencer with us. Spencer, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Spencer Foreman from launchflows.com. And I've got my friend John Locke. John, would you like to introduce yourself? John from lockdownseo.com. And I've got my friend Stephen. Stephen, would you like to introduce yourself? Stephen Satter from zipfish.io. You make sites blazing fast. That's great. And before we go into the main stories of the week, WordPress and internet, I just want to mention one of our great sponsors, and that's Kinsta Hosting. Kinsta is only a WordPress hosting company. Um, they sp- they specialise in the hosting of sites that need performance and power. So if you've got a WooCommerce site for yourself or your, for your clients or a learning management system or anything that needs extra performance, go to Kinsta and have a look at their packages. They provide all the bells and whistles, all the latest versions of PHP, great interface, um, up backups, one-click backups, the whole deal. Basically, I'm sure you're going to be pleased with them. So like I say, go over to Kinsta, look at their packages, buy one uh, for yourself or for your clients. And the main thing is if you do do that, and I suggest that you should, um, tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So let's go into the main story. So number one, should WordPress notify users of plugin ownership changes? And what did you think of this one, Spencer? I always like to look to the comments and so forth. And there was no really great interest in this one because it's kind of like I'm going to go with the ambivalence uh, argument. Um, who cares? I mean, quite honestly, they don't really give, I joked about this a month or two ago when I made a plugin for the first time that I submitted the repository. They make it easy enough to put it in there, but they really just don't care about doing anything with the content. So whether you change the author or not, I found this really remarkable. It's like somebody saying, should people change the name on their mailbox after somebody new moves into their house? I mean, okay. Does anybody get mail anymore? Do you really care? Like, doesn't everybody get it electronically? So it was it was an interesting choice for a lead story. <laughs> Indiplomatic, I feel. There we go. Um, have I got any thoughts about this one? I do, actually. So, I mean, I'm somebody that cares a lot about security and, um, and also about, like, values of a company. So, I mean, if you're changing the name, if you're, if you're selling something off, if you're... If you're, uh, if if somebody else is taking control of a product that you love and and use, or, like you have a right to know about it, and like you should be notified. Um, so, uh, yeah, because like that that new person may have different, uh, may care differently about the way that your privacy uh, is taken care of, the way that um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, you, you definitely should care. All right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Heather, actually. It's nice to know who owns something, actually. Um, Stephen, what did you think? I think whether you should be notified or not is, should not be a concern of the WordPress plugin repository or mm. done via the WordPress like plugin page. Um, it's something that should be communicated because it is important to know. Um, but other platforms don't do this, right? Like Apple or Play Store, like if some if a company gets bought and a company gets sold, like you don't know, um, but you understand that hopefully the person that bought it or sold it is going to maintain it like the other person. I think it's up to that plugin to send out an email to notify their user base to say, hey, this is happening. Um, I think if you would put it inside of WordPress itself, it's just one more thing, one more notification to clutter up the dashboard um, and information that 99% of the people don't care about and the 1% of the people that do care about it um, like should know about it via other mechanisms. I agree with Heather that is important, right? Like I care about the plugins that are my, on my site and I want to know. So I think like if you sell a plugin, you should let people know. If you buy a plugin, you should let people know. You should let people know who owns it. But I don't think it's WordPress.coms or WordPress.orgs or WordPress repositories or anybody's other than the actual owner and the person that bought it's responsibility of letting people know. Right. What about you, John? Yeah, I think um, using it as a, uh, a notification in the WordPress admin, it could cause a lot of anxiety with people and, and they might um, stop using it because the average WordPress user doesn't know like who's a good plugin author or not. Should I be concerned about this or not? And nine times out of 10, it is a um, established good um, developer taking over the plugin. You know, but it's only one times in 10. I think there is an incident, a couple, somebody bought a plugin and then they were injecting malware into it. But that is very, very rare that that happens. But I, I think I'm inclined to agree with Stephen that, you know, that's the job of the plugin owner to uh, put that. Maybe they could put that in. Um, I don't know, like a notification in the dashboard or something say like, hey, like we took over this plugin or, or whatever. But like I said, the average WordPress user, you know, if they even look at the admin, they don't know who's a good plugin author or not. That's, that's true. Yeah, at your first maybe, range, uh, you're going, sorry. I was going to say, maybe they should do a, like a badge that's like owned by GoDaddy. And then like people, like just a couple, like, you know, Couple of companies, it'd be nice to know who, who bought it to kind of just know what the art, the arch of that plugin is going to be. But ninety percent of the time, like John was saying, yeah, I hoped one day to get that badge. Actually, Stephen, <laughs> owned by GoDaddy, uh, um, that would be glorious. Actually, that would be my retirement sorted out. Uh, um, so on to. <laughs> uh, on to the next story: Apple MacBook Air with M1 review. Yeah, um, so Apple, um, just to give a bit of insight to this and the viewers, if you're not an uh, Apple fanboy, probably like me, um, but um, Apple had an uh, online um, presentation and they just issued some new chips for their laptop, um, two laptops and, and for their mini computer. Um the thing is, it doesn't seem to be all hype. It, it, it really seems to almost double the performance 
of their machines. Um, what did you think of this one, Heather? So um, as somebody that uses a Mac for work, um, I, I've actually never used the MacBook Air um, because I, I have a lot more uh, processing. Well, you wanted, you wanted to get some work done, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and like, I, I always turn off the turbo switching. Like, that's one of the first things I do. So, like, the fan noise has never been an issue. Um, but, like, I, I'm, I'm a little cautious about the fact that they're switching over uh, the, the chip inside the Mac. So, like, um, the fact that they're kind of going back to what I hated about the Macs in the beginning when I was, like, staunchly in the PC camp, um, when, like, Macs only ran Mac software and, like, you, you couldn't run any PC things at all. I mean, yeah, obviously every time I accidentally download an EXE, file like it doesn't work but like with the intel chips at least you can have sort of cross-platform i can run um like uh, visual studio i can run like word and things like that but like the fact that they're going over to a chip that makes it more like an ipad that makes it more like a phone um i i don't know i mean i, I think it's going to make it less useful for me and i may end up back in the pc camp Oh, don't do that. That's totally awful. But, um, but the only thing that comes to mind, I think it was an excellent point you made, Heather, but what about is that a lot of applications are cloud-based now, aren't they? You know, a lot of people... Now, I know a lot of people that don't use Word anymore, don't Word Excel. They use just Google, Google Docs and Google Spreadsheets. They just don't... Yeah, I mean, but, like, half of my life is... Like, I do a lot of data analytics. I do a lot of... Um, video editing and things like that. And I know people are like, oh yeah, like Mac is great for video editing. Yeah, cloud is not. Um, and yeah, but, uh, but Adobe, you know, you got Final Cut. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if Adobe didn't port Premiere to as quick as possible, really. But, you know. Yeah, I, the, well, you can't run Premiere on an Air. Um, and like, I, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm okay. concerned about the, this chip in like the higher versions. Go on. What do you reckon, Stephen? I feel like I kind of both love this and hate this um, sort of along the lines of what Heather was saying. Like it's making Apple harder and harder to like replace parts. Like everything's becoming more and more integrated. Like this is a trajectory that Apple's been taking for a long time. There's a part of me though that's really excited about Apple kind of getting back to what made Apple cool was that like they didn't really care about um, like what other people were doing. They were just like, we're going to do what we're going to do and we're going to be the best at it. And they're now going back to that and making a chip that runs their Mac better than any other chip out there. It's faster, more performant, better optimized for battery because they can build it so it's specialized specifically to run their applications on their platform. You also get the uh, like a significant speed increase. I've seen. Um, well, that a few was. You know, the, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the bench, the benchmarks for the air were amazing. Really, I think yeah, I'm correct. I'm correct in saying that it almost outperforms almost every Intel um, laptop on the market. Just the bloody air with the um, new chip, which just kind of blew my mind away. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Apple has been using some old Intel chips though for a long time. Yeah. Like they're a little bit farther behind. So some of those like performance inc- increases that when you're saying a Mac on an Intel and Mac on the new uh, Mac chip, like it's a little bit skewed because they've been using older Intel chips. They haven't been keeping up with like what Intel's been doing. Oh um, no, I think they were comparing it to actual PC laptops that are on the market at the present moment, but I might be wrong there. So I don't know. So don't take my word for it, Stephen. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at the charts a little bit more in in depth to like understand exactly what chipset they were using. But um, the the one other thing that I was going to bring up is that by embracing this chip, this new chip, they've had to create kind of this uh, emulator software to kind of like pull the applications that have not been built for that chip yet together. And that actually has been having some amazing performance too. I honestly thought this was going to be a terrible move and I thought they were going to bungle it up and like anybody yeah. who bought the new piece, uh, new Macs were going to like have issues with yeah. their applications. These were going to be crashing. But I'm super impressed with how smoothly they've rolled it out. And I can't remember a time where somebody has made this big of a change to their platform and that change has been better than what people anticipated. The speeds are better. The stability is better. Um, and so that's pretty impressive. So hats off to, to the Apple team for pulling that off. That's a big, big deal. What do you reckon, John? I don't really have an opinion on this. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll stick with my PC. Um, well, let's go to the Mac heater then. Spencer Forum. What do you reckon, well, Spencer? See, the problem with this whole scenario is, <clears throat> and I'm speaking as somebody who's been a Mac fan since the earliest days. I mean, when I could afford one over PCs, I switched over. But since 2015, um, things have gotten progressively worse at one level. And this is my, my John Locke stance about personal rights and so forth, is that regardless of whether you think they're sexy or priced right or whatever, and I do find there, I still am operating a laptop here that's a 2015 Pro. Um, d- developments as of late in the last two years in particular have made it extraordinarily clear that Apple's one and only sole purpose is to circumvent any and all ownership rights, control rights, and privacy rights. And as of late, they have the new debacle, which is the T2 chip. So in addition to what they're doing with the iPhone 12, when you're talking about in the laptops and the the, um, regular desktops and so forth, there's a controller chip. And there's a guy, Lewis Rossman, who is an outspoken right to repair guy. He's got a repair business. And he explains in detail what's happening. And it's really quite disgusting because what's happening is not only have they locked down all of the components that you used to be able to swap out yourself in a regular, for example, like I have a 2009, 2011, 2013 iMac. You could open up the front, replace the hard drive, replace the memory, do normal basic stuff. Everything now is soldered down to the board. But what they've done as of late with these computers, and the reason they're switching to the ARM chips has nothing to do with the processing power of the ARM chips. It's so that they can bypass your BIOS. And in layman's terms, what that means is even Bill Gates didn't cross that bridge. When you would buy a PC, there's the thing that loads first on the hardware level before you get to the operating system, the BIOS. That was always independent. What they have done now is with the T2 chips made it that there are pathways directly from the operating system of the new Apple OS X into the BIOS so that they can literally prevent you from ever using a VPN or any other hardware protection uh, software as well 
to keep your privacy. What that means is that when you're using your new ARM-equipped T2 version, whatever, computer, you, you can't fix it because if it breaks, everything's locked into the hardware and the Apple service guys say, sorry, you got to buy a new laptop. They've locked out repair people because no repair people have a right or ability to get the, the documentation, the tools, whatever, to get into this. They know everything you're doing. I'm not saying they're doing more than the government, but I'm saying they know what you're doing with your computer always everywhere. So if you're in your friend's house with your, la your new laptop and you do whatever, somebody borrows your thing, they have a permanent record. You have no control over whatsoever. Yeah. So the truth is, what I'm saying is, this is like an abusive relationship at this point. I mean, if you want to buy, uh, truthfully, I'm running it now, buy hardware from 2015 or earlier. But if you were to buy any new Mac hardware without being aware of what's going on in this, you're out of your mind. Because just think about the phones themselves. The new phones are like 1200 bucks and up. If essentially a simple part breaks, like I have a guy around the corner who replaces my kids' older iPhone screens for $49. Like, you can't do that anymore. You've got to go right back to the Apple store, wait in line, and then they tell you it's 600 bucks or it's a new phone and so on and so forth. There's not even anywhere else you can turn. But on the laptop level, forget about it. I mean, the, the part also that bothers me is that the PC world is turned upside down. You know, Microsoft got a new CEO and they seem to embrace making the Windows 10 into a, a really viable competitor. I have yet to find one thing that I miss about using my laptop. I have two machines right here, top and bottom. I, I cannot think of a single thing I've done in the last two years that I can't do better on like my little Intel Nook, you know, a little square box I bought on Amazon for 399 bucks connected to a 43-inch 4K monitor that I got at, at Costco for $300. Beats my iMac hands down. Yes, well, this but this is a man that has three ladies listening to him all the time, though. And by the way, Siri is my least favorite girlfriend because, I mean, Alexa knows everything, and Evan looks very puzzled. But you know, good he, answers. He, he has these artificial women listening. Siri to him is. I mean, you ask ask your for fun on your iPhone. Put on put on uh, Alexa the app. Put on Google. And ask questions on your phone of Siri, Google, and Alexa. Alexa gives you intelligent answers every time. Google really good references. Siri, like Planet of the Apes, you can just see the lobotomy scar on, on the side of the skull. It's like she'll uh, look it up for you online. She'll she'll, she'll search Google for you. That's, that's what Siri is good for. <laughs> crazy. So I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's responsible there because they have a half a trillion dollars of cash. They've got Tim Cook, who seemed like he's a normal guy. But I think they're next in line for getting the antitrust treatment that Google's getting because, like, this behavior cannot go well for everybody else when you have right to repair issues compounded with, yeah. really, you can bypass my right to use a VPN and you can surreptitiously... Well, it's not only that. The, um, I forgot his name. I know the repair guy. He has a fantastic YouTube channel and he's rather sarcastic, but... Um, their latest operate, Big Surf, and the one before that, people were putting it on their computers, and it was totally bricking. It was totally <laughs> bricking the machine. Right. If, you, if you had an older machine and you upgrade this big sewer, sir, whatever they call it, sir, what happens yeah. is, like, things that were on the edge, like you kind of had a blocked artery in your computer, well, Big Sur bricks it, but then you're stuck because it's fried your BIOS, and you can't reflash the chip because the repair guy has no ability 
to to reflash a chip. They don't. They're not allowed access to the normal hardware that you would have the PC world. And yeah, now but at least, but let's chip. face it. That's always that's always been in Apple DNA, isn't it? It was. You know, it was old Steve Jobs. It was in. No, it was after Steve Jobs. After. Well, I think he, I think there was there was always a contradiction with Steve. Yeah. There was this bit, you know, he liked publicly to have a go at at IBM and Microsoft, but no, it was different. It, it flipped. It flipped, John. That's the whole point. He had his advantage being not. He was he was essentially David, not Goliath. And you were different because you were going after the Goliath of IBM and their oppressive Bill Gates, you know, big brother thing. That's what they made their their wins on. It's like, it's more money, but look at the freedom you have. And, the you know, it really did perform that way. After he died, they went kind of reverse corporate. And now it's like ironic because now they are big brother. When, and I'm not saying like, look, you have a choice. It's not like you have to use Mac hardware. But I also find it ironic with the price tag because we live in a world of plenty where, I mean, literally, for 99% of us, what we need to do, including heavy video editing, you can literally buy a $300 Nook computer, attach it to your TV monitor, and go to town on editing. I mean, there's rare exceptions if you're making a 4K movie or something. But like, we all have way too much horsepower. So all these $2,000, $3,000 computers for, for what? I mean, yeah. to give up your privacy, it seems ridiculous. Yep. All right, then. Uh, you've made your feelings clear. I, 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 I take note of them. It's, so like the, we, it's like the mask argument. I saw a good meme today just to get off on a thing. Somebody made a comment. I'm not going to belabor the mask thing. We all kind of know where that's at. But somebody's saying, like, you're so worried about them getting your privacy because they tell you to wear a mask. They, they know who you are. They have your, a number assigned to you. They know where you live. They know all your phone calls. Like, the, the government knows everything, and people are freaked out that they're forcing you to wear a mask is going to take away your privacy. Well, it's the same thing here. It's like, how sexy could the Mac hardware be that you're willing to overlook the fact that they can brick your $2,000 computer? I mean, and know what you're yeah. doing with it. Yeah, I mean, right. but but to be fair, you do get some security increases with that ability too, because now you can't just plug anything in there and you don't just have rando people making laptops and computers and therefore everything is taking place in one ecosystem. So Apple is the only person that really can know and Apple has a ton of control over the data and privacy of the apps that are running on their platform compared to something like Android. If you are an app developer in the Android world, you can get far more data far easier than if you are an app developer in the iOS world or a, a Mac app or whatever. Um, so there, because Apple has that control and has exerted that control, there, there is, in some cases, increased security because people can't just do whatever they want. But Apple still right has the ability to know these things. So it's like, do you have one person or do you have the world at large that can like access this data? I mean, it gets so cuts both ways because if I voluntarily say it's more important to me to have the right to repair my machine or upgrade my machine at the risk of theoretically occasionally I'll download software that might be naughty, that's the choice that I used to have. But what they've done now is they've obfuscated or hidden this conversation and taking that away from everybody and charging a premium. For yeah, it's a not. Product. It's not only that, Spencer. It's also. It's also kind of. I. I think they're totally out of order. But I could, if I was really argumentative, which I am, um, I could put this argument to you that you know that bit of control 
you don't like. But when it comes to Facebook or YouTube kicking people off their platform, you and John are quite happy to say, well, it's their it's their platform, it's their, it's a private business, they have the right to refuse service. Yeah. Well, you, you could say the same to Apple, it's their hardware, you've got other choices. If they don't want you to have access to the to there, allow third parties to have access, one. that's their business, isn't it? I agree with your premise, but it has one difference or distinction which is really relevant. Hardware is not access to a website. Hardware is not software. There's a big difference. Like, for example, if you buy a Tesla today, one of the arguments, and I love Elon Musk and what he's doing, one of the arguments about Tesla is you bought a car, bought, not borrowed, a car, that they remotely can brick at their discretion. And think about this. You paid ninety or hundred or hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they can remotely brick your car. That is not a legal expectation based upon true contractual like openness. If you bought a house and some government agency could like brick your house, you'd be like, "What the hell is going on here?" So I'm saying with Apple, you absolutely are correct, John. That if you buy it and it's upfront, very obvious. They own your device forever and can do whatever they want, even if you paid full value for it. That's one thing. But in the past, that's not what it was. If I bought hardware, I have the right to do what I want. It's my stuff. And this is a problem across other industries, like John Deere tractors. Those things have tons of computers. And the farmers used to have tractors from the 40s that are still running. Now it's like something goes wrong. They got to have a $40,000 technician come out or remote satellite thing to get their tractor going. And then nobody will share the diagrams with the local repair guy or let them have the diagnostic tools. And if we continue on this path without resisting it, which, by the way, Massachusetts just said, no, that's not right. We're, we're going to resist it. Well, well you, trouble they, because they are going to get substantial pushback. We need to go for a break, folks. We're back in a few moments or longer than that. You're going to be listening to Spencer for the next two hours. Uh, we'll, be, we'll, be back. we'll be back in quite a while. We'll see you soon, folks. Launch Flows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, 
and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try Launch Flows today. Uh, we're coming back. I want to talk about a webinar we do in December, me and Spencer. Heather, on- Heather doesn't know what's going on. What happened, Heather, is this time for my sponsorship, I asked John if he could do a pre-recorded message from me about my product instead of him doing it. He did uh, like the way I was explaining it. He thought he thought he could do a much better job. And he did, <laughs> but it goes on like war and peace, though. Ask for 30 seconds, Spencer, and I've got two minutes. Uh, right. Uh, um, so let's go back. Um, we're, do, we're doing a webinar. We're doing a webinar on the 11th of December. That's Friday, the 11th of December. And we're doing it at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, it's going to be great. We're going to be talking about Spencer's great product, Launch Flows. We're going to be talking about building modern modern funnels with WordPress, but then we're going to be linking it to a CRM. And I think we 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 have chosen. Oh no! What we're going to talk about is how to connect your favorite CRM to WordPress. It doesn't active. matter which one it is. It could be Active Campaign. Yeah, I thought we were, going, we were going to go with Active Campaign and actually Most just, people you know, use Active Campaign, but it doesn't matter what your favorite CRM is. The point is, we're going to talk about how to build a modern business with marketing automation using your favorite CRM and WordPress, which is really relevant to anybody if they right now are just, you know, relying on their CRM for certain things, but not other. Steven just originally started the show today asking a great question. That's a perfect example. When you've got the CRM and WordPress connected, you now have choices of things you can do, of where the transactional emails come from. Right, so um, so that'd be on the left. For, for no, I think we should be talking about active campaign specifically. Yeah. But yeah, you're just going to have to join us to find out how Spencer wants to go with this. Uh, um, so let's go into our next story. Uh, um, number, number three. Uh, well known. Can I get on with this, Spencer? Um, um, Number three, well-known, established, and highly respected WordPress plugin for sale properly. This this is like a title. You remember remember that film, listeners and viewers, Dogs of War, where that reporter was saying that his story, it sounds like a title he was describing, you know, uh, but... Um, it seems that it's um, it's going to be Visual Composer. Oh they my pulled, they, god! They pulled it off a of flipper. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, as soon as that news came out, all of a sudden it like just disappeared. The link's dead. You can't no, find I'm not anywhere. surprised. They must have been <laughs> they must have been touting that all around the, the whole WordPress community, mustn't they? Let's start with John. What did you think of this one, John? Yeah, I mean. Um, oh, and, oh my God! It does, it's, uh, you're sweating. It's brought you in a in a cold sweat, yes, hasn't it, John? It's 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 the hair dye. Those years of trying to do something with Visual Composer websites, isn't it? <clears throat> um, yeah, and and I saw that you linked up like another article here about w- WP Bakery having a vulnerability. WP Bakery and Visual Composer are like two separate products now. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, they want to get rid of this because they see the writing on the wall. It's the same thing. We've seen Genesis sell to WP Engine. We've seen all these different like companies like getting out before the full site editor in Gutenberg is all the way rolled out. That's kind of what I see this going as. 
So, I mean, yeah. And, and like Spencer said, the link is dead. Um, it probably got shared around and so they pulled it out, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, but for a lot of people, they still, a lot of people are still like buying like theme forest themes and like building sites, but more people are starting to, uh, do things with, uh, generate press or, um, atomic blocks or, or, um, any of these other yeah, ele- well, Elementor. Yeah, and Elementor, I mean, we've talked about it on this show a lot, like how they might go uh, to their own platform. But, I mean, <clears throat> the days of these short code, like drag-and-drop builders, um, it, it's it's the days are numbered because WordPress does want to go this direction uh, with the product. Yeah, they so still, they, 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 you know, well, um, they can. They still, you know, uh, we don't know. Obviously, the figures was on Flipper, uh, um, so... That seemingly they're still making really good money, but um, how they thought they were going to like in this article, it said they were trying to find somebody that will cough up eight million for it. Well, good luck to them because there's not many. Well, not always, but there's not many fools with eight million dollars in their pocket that would cough up for this piece of crap. Uh, um, but good luck to them. Uh, um, <laughs> what do you reckon, Heather? Is there many people with eight million in their pocket? Ready to buy well, a piece of crappy software? It just depends on how much it's worth. I mean, like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like how much are they? If somebody was considering buying it, then they would obviously be doing the due diligence on it. And if they can prove that uh, month over month it's going to pull in the money, then the person that would be buying it would absolutely be able to do it. Um, so yeah, like. Any any of the larger developers would certainly be wanting to spend the money to have it as like some kind of revenue generator. Yeah, what do you reckon, Stephen? Um, yeah, from like the information that we saw, it seemed like they were still generating quite a bit of revenue. Like I think like two million dollars in profit a year. I think was what I had read somewhere. So that's that's a substantial chunk of change. Uh, now, is it worth? Like, it's not bad, is it, Stephen? It's not bad, my dear yeah, friend. Is, is it worth six times that? Like, uh, I don't know. But, like, you do get a big user base, which means you have the ability to have a plugin that you can update that's inside of a lot of people's WordPress sites. Um, I am sure there is somebody out there that could use something like that and be able to take that $2 million in recurring revenue and also add some additional value if that's marketing your own plugin i don't know there's there's things you can do so um it'll be interesting to see if it does get sold or how much it gets sold for if they ever disclose that amount but um i i think if you could get creative there could be good reasons around it but you're you're right it's kind of an older software so if you're buying it because like you want some page builder software there's 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 nothing wrong about older you know i'm older i think i'm okay you know it was something to do with older it was to do with some piece of shit it always was a piece of shit uh um, so um spencer back back in the day was pretty cool though like like back in the day the day it was born it was a piece of shit so the day uh, um so um spencer what do you think I think you're going to see a lot of fire sales coming up because, you know, let's be fair. This was at the same time there was a security breach this year. Um, I can't remember whether it was the visual bakery or the other one, but it's the same concept that they had a significant security breach um, because they had bypassed the normal 
when you're allowing input from people, they bypass those normal filters that are standard coding practice now in WordPress in order to allow some clever, you know, behavior. But the the guys over at WordFence or the folks over at WordFence figured it out and put it out as a notice. So I would imagine if you're looking down the barrel of Elementor and all the other, you know, page builder action plus Gutenberg, and you've got a thing that, let's be honest, is like gouging your eyes with a fork in 2020 to use Visual Bakery or Visual Composer or whatever, you know, just horrendous user experience. Uh, you'd be like, hey, let me, see, let me see if I can unload this steaming pile of crap before somebody figures it out. And that's it. And it's sad, but, you know, let's be fair. I'm sure somewhere is a hulking pile of trios and Blackberries and flip phones and all other kinds of hardware that we all thought was amazing back in the 90s and 2000s when we got it, but now it's like irrelevant. So that's just how it goes in the technology world. Wasn't the last time that we were talking about like AOL or something and like how much money they they were still making? Like these legacy systems can become cash cows. So like don't... With the the software, yeah. Right, like if we, Stephen brings up a great point. There's a very fine line in business. And and again, I'm no expert here, but I've always tried, especially because I'm older than most folks, to remember the lessons of the past, which is if you indebt yourself into people as a provider of solutions or answers that are not tied to any particular software or hardware, you have a very great chance of longevity and success in business. So like AOL's service is the the takeaway from that. Like they didn't give you a proprietary box that had to be used on your green screen 640 by 480 computer. They just gave you a service that if you live in the country where you still have a kitchen phone, you could actually use, right? And that's who uses it forever. Whereas these other companies like Visual Bakery, Visual Composer, like that's not a commodity service. That's a like a unique fluffy thing that used to be awesome and isn't. Another one like that, and not to pick on them, the bane oh. of my existence, Avada and the X theme. I mean, those things are torture beyond belief because- oh God, they, you're, it, making, you're making me sweat now. I've got a cold shit. Sorry, Rudy, Rudy, it's coming down the sides. Go pick <laughs> oh, it. no, I'm not doing what's, a run. I'm not what's doing wrong a with you, Avada? I, Come I, off I, it. I'm not that bad. I resent that remark. <laughs> This might be true. <laughs> uh, dude, what's, up with what's up with Envato X? What's up with Envato X? I get Envato my dyed professionally, mate. I don't... don't you, I'm not Va- a cheap, bar- was the, I'm not a cheap bastard like, like him. <laughs> like five years ago, six years ago, maybe it was more, eight, uh, probably more. Avada and the X theme were like the, the hottest thing in town because it was the first time you could get like a full package of everything you need to WYSIWYG your design and layout. And they sold over a million dollars of of subscriptions to it. But they basically hard-coded into all of the things you need to do, and especially in my space, like WooCommerce. So if you have a theme of Avada, X-Theme, whatever you're using in that version, and you now want to go and do some cool stuff with Buddy Boss or WooCommerce. Do that well, to you. Do that it's, to you. It just, it just hooks into the template hierarchy and interferes with your ability to get a clean slate. They don't even offer it. And upon request of those things, the, the service people are like, well, hey, man, what do you want from me, man? I mean, this is a burger joint. You're asking for chicken sandwiches. We just have burgers here. They don't have any desire to change because it's just hard-coded the way they've got it. And that's where, like, in the CRM space, that's like Infusionsoft. Infusionsoft was the leader for years. And then 10 years down the road, they owned the market, owned everybody. And then other competitors come along that don't require you to use that, like, PayPal level of vintage stuff. 
And then they go like, we can't keep up with this because our stuff was spaghetti coated over 10 years. Well, let's make a new thing called keep, but we won't tell anybody it's a new system like PayPal. We'll just change PayPal into the new PayPal. But then once people start using it, it's like, wait, this is like, this is a pig with a bow on its head, you know. You can't be a pig with a bow on its head. No, don't say any more, John. Uh, um, (laughs) Sorry. Heather looks very worried there. She looks Heather, very, yeah. Heather, weren't you in this space? I mean, you did large-scale SaaS <laughs> development. I mean, this is a problem of any SaaS company, right? I mean, like, <laughs> Heather's <laughs> regretting her decision. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it is. It is. It's a big, it's a big problem. But you, I mean, it's it's something that every company has to deal with as it gets bigger. And um, like, I mean. One of the things is like you deal with bloat, you deal with uh, people that start to, somebody said to me the other day that like, if you have no enemies, uh, then you're doing something wrong. So like, oh, I must be doing, I must be excellent there because I've got plenty of enemies in WordPress. Too. Yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, like, <laughs> if you have no enemies, you've taken no risks. Like you, you, mm. you haven't done anything important. So, I mean, I think the fact that you're arguing about this shows that they're doing something right. Yep. Right. On to, oh, good. On to the next story. Uh, Rob, this is a juicy one as well. Uh, WordPress.com gives Conservative Treehouse the boot, citing TOS violations. What did you reckon about this one, John? Yeah, I think this is a pretty clear-cut case of they can port that site anywhere and self-host and WordPress.com is a hosting service. If they have a terms of service that says like, hey, this is violent content, you know, and a lot of people feel that it's unfair, but a lot of people feel that it's justified, but it doesn't really matter. It's their platform, they can port it out. Now, I wanna address something that I saw in the comments because a lot of people who lean more conservative, they're gonna say, this is censorship. And somebody said, oh, how is showing a knife like violence? Yo, in these comments, in these comments, somebody said, somebody said, if you keep doing this stuff, if you keep like, you know, censoring us and censoring our voices and, you know, we want to spread like fake stories about, you know, laptops or whatever, then there's going to be a civil war. You know, if you're so, if, if this, if you're not violent, and you're not like, you know, obsessing over violence, then how come every time a conversation like this comes up, somebody, at least one person has to say, there's going to be a civil war. Because this whole thing of like, how is a knife, you know, showing a knife in this like violent, that's not violent. It's the same kind of plausible deniability that you get with stand back and stand by or all you two a people, you know, you can solve this problem. It's, it's plausible deniability. The people who understand what's being said know what's being said. But if anybody from the outside challenges it, they say, well, you are, yeah. you are, it's, it's all back. a bunch of garbage. Yes. So, <laughs> get yeah. back to the basic fact. You are right. You know, it's well, you know, it's well documented that, you know, hosting companies ask people to go, you know, it, it's, it's not a regular occurrence, but it's, but it does happen, you know, throughout the history of sites being hosted with Pacific hosting companies, those hosting companies 
for various reasons, have decided that they no longer want to partake with their services with that particular client. What do you reckon, Heather? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a bigger problem as things continue. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people that are leaving Facebook for Parler. Um, and uh, th there's this concept of filter bubbles where, um, yes, we have free speech in this country. A lot of countries don't have free speech. Um, WordPress has terms of service uh, to be on their website um, because there's a, a wonderful uh, internet rule that says that they, like a law in our country that says that they are allowed to have these uh, terms of service and kick people off their platform uh, if they don't uh, if, uh, believe in that and follow that. So, uh, but it doesn't mean that they can't use their software at all. So if, if uh, I 100% uh, agree with the WordPress. Um, I mean, these people violated the terms of service for being on their site. But... No, I think I think they were. That, you know, where I get a little bit iffy about it when it, there isn't a reasonably transparent, um, you know, system of warning, and it's really in the terms of conditions. It's not clear, you know, if you how you're going to be treated. But, well, I think they had a very clear, in their terms of condition, I, I think they sent them warnings, blah, 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 and they think they just weren't listened to. So what are you going to do? You're going to have to kick them off in the end, don't you? Yeah, no, but I mean, like, if, if you violate a company's terms and conditions, and I mean, that's that's the thing, like, I mean, something like Twitter right now is, is running into problems because they definitely are not treating everyone the same. I know it's all other. No. Uh, no. And there's a clear, clear cut case of that. But, uh, but I mean, like WordPress, uh, it's, they, they need to come down and, and say like, anytime uh, we get a report, like three reports against a site, for example, like you're out. Um, yeah. Well, they go, what do you reckon, Spencer? Oh, oh dear. to unpack these things. First of all, it's a rare thing indeed, but I do agree that, like you've all just said, this is absolutely and must be the right of WordPress.com to say no way on this kind of stuff. Um, the second part of it, they're though, quite nice about it. They even gave them time to move their crappy in design. I mean, to, I mean, it's, I mean, a, just, it's a piece just, of shit. It's a piece it, of shit in design terms. Um, goes, but you know, I, I mean, this goes back to my. We're not done with it yet, but like once we unpack this whole election cycle and all the rest of the stuff, it's very clear that there is almost half of the people in America who, who have a feeling that they need a different set of rules applying to them to satisfy their outrage that some other half of the country is starting to become equal to them. And without being political, this is the same thing when you talk about users of corporate service versus the corporation. Like we just discussed, I feel it's unfair for a corporation to hide their terms of service. Well, in this case, I think it's fairly obvious that there was a declaration, don't yell fire in our movie theater or we're going to remove you. Now, the 50-50 the comes in and there's a guy on here who's got two-letter initial that sounds like, hey, good buddy, what's your 1020? who I used to like as a guy helping out on the forums for coding, who has very clearly revealed himself as a severe right-wing conservative here. And I don't understand why, because 
there is no real debate here about violating somebody's rights. You have every right to have your own website. You just can't yell fire in a movie theater with your website and expect to get away with it in 2020. So the fact that this person's come out and is being the beacon of right-wing conservatism or something seems kind of silly because now I know who this guy is and I will never interact with him again the same way. Uh, Not to make this political, but I think what this whole thing we've been talking about today has a common theme of is everybody has an opportunity online to be their real person. As soon as you start to be a real person, instead of hiding like a troll behind like a a moniker or, you know, like a fake name, you better be ready to own that for the rest of your life because everybody will be able to look back at you with your proverbial black face at a party or your comments you made in jest. And now for the rest of your life, you're going to be known as that person. And I just find it really amazing that in the context of something as simple as like, should WordPress remove a company, some people are willing to make comments that make it clear, like, you're you're a right-wing person. I mean, is that really what you want for your business or for your, you know, interaction with other people to be known as that guy? So that's it my thing. what you mean, right-wing, doesn't it? You know, I've got some, I've got some conservative, I, mean, I, I make it quite clear, I'm a, I'm a British um, Christian socialist to my core, you know, I come from the tradition of um, William Blake of the back to, of the tradition of Christian socialism in the UK. That's the core of my ideology. But I have I have conservative friends. Um, but it depends what you call conservative, doesn't it? You know, you know, you know. I, I, in when I was living, when I was a young guy in London, I was much more left wing. Um, I was part of the anti Nazi league. Uh, um, um, actually, I was quite a radical when I was a younger guy. Uh, um, it's lucky that there's no memorialization of it because my point is today. I have three kids. I'm not ashamed of it. I've just told you. I'm not ashamed of my history. I'm not saying you're ashamed. I'm saying, look at all the stuff we've dug up up on people who I know are really good human beings. Like, I think Justin Trudeau is a good person and a good leader. And somebody dug all the way back to his frat days and found him at a party where he probably had no concept of what his future would be. Imagine starting today. That's what I always always think. uh, uh, Be truthful there. I think he's always had a concept of his future. He's clearly not like a Nazi or some crazy person. He's just like a guy who went to a party and he made a bad error. But I'm saying everything you do now that goes online is there as your entire public persona. I find it very strange that people in the WordPress community where we know this is going to live forever are willing to out themselves as in this side or that side. I mean, we all know who's liberal and who's not. But being liberal, conservative along the line of the middle is fine. That's nice. Being like, oh, my God, really? Like, that's who you are? I just find that for the rest of us, life is too short to do business with those people. Like, I would just... It just just really depends on how far left or right they are, really, doesn't it? You know, like I say, I I don't think there's anything wrong with traditional conservatism in the UK or traditional republicanism in um, America. It's... It's not exactly my cup of tea, but um, it, you know, I think it's t- it's just when you take it to the extreme, then it's, it's, um, it's then, then it's not okay, is it? You know, go on. And, sorry. I, and, and, it, and if I could say this, man, when you got people that are like kid doing plots to kidnap governors and showing up at legislatures with you know long guns 
and planning to do mock trials and executions. You know, American, yeah, then it's, you know, things are getting out of hand. So when you see people on the WordPress, you know, WP Tavern saying, if you don't stop this, there's going to be a civil war. Yeah, we should take that seriously because that's how some of these people think. And, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, I don't think you really want what you think you want. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, well, I think we end it. Let's go to our recommendations of the week. Because um, we don't, and Stephanie Hepp has got better things to do. So, <laughs> uh, um, so let, let's uh, <laughs> so let's go. Let's go on to my recommendation. Oh yes, my recommendation. I was in two minds to recommend this, listeners and viewers, but in the end, I didn't have anything better. So, I've been testing this service. Get emails. It is. It is legal in the US, put it this way. It is totally legal in the US, to my understanding. But if you live in Canada or you're based in Europe, um, you can't use this service. So what's, why is that, listeners of yours? Well, basically, um, most of your traffic that comes to your website is anonymous, i.e. you don't know who they are. So you, you spend all your life offering or trying to find out who these people are. Well, this service uses some magic to tell you who these anonymous people are, right? And they charge you a fortune to find that inf- that particular bit of uh, information. But it does seem to work to a certain degree. I have um, the actual emails and names they provide are all right winners, by the way. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, no, that didn't go down with the panel that well. Uh, um, but uh, basically, um, um, I did do a review of it, which you will find on the WP Tonic website, where I have some other concerns about the quality of emails that they are providing. But I understand from other people that it's worked really well for them. So I thought I, um, for you listeners and viewers, I would tell you about it. So it gets get emails so john have you got something you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers yeah so um this is a plugin it it doesn't have a lot of users right now it's called show page show pages url list and um i was using this uh yesterday i'm doing a, a a new site for a client i'm clean in the process of cleaning up and doing some redirects for uh some of the pages but what this plugin does, it just does one thing. It will um, show all the pages and custom post types and posts that you have published on that site and the categories um, all on one page. So if you just need to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, look at them all, like mm-hmm. copy them or edit to all of them from like one single page, this will do that. So it's just kind of useful. Oh, yeah. very. Put all your recommendations into chat. Please, um, panel, it really helps me, the show notes. So, Stephen, have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? You're muted. Are you muted? Yep, sorry. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, WooCommerce Zapier. I, like, looked at them about two years ago, and they were not great. But I guess they've launched a V2 since then, and now they're actually usable and pretty impressive on what they can do. Um, so... If you looked at integrating your WooCommerce with a Zapier account before to try to get some data to things that don't naturally connect very easily, um, 
check out WooCommerce Zapier. It's- and we had the pleasure of Heather's husband to interview yesterday, didn't we? And uh, he, he totally lost us quite quickly, didn't he? Did he, uh, um, Stephen, didn't he? Well, me, I don't think he lost you, though, did he? Yeah, it was a good It was a good conversation. It was interesting to learn a lot more about AI. Oh, there we go. Stephen, the kept with him. He just totally lost me after five minutes. There we go. Um, Spencer, uh, <laughs> Spencer, uh, um, do anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? I do. Uh, this was actually from something Chris Badgett mentioned, but I found a really good use for it. It's called h5p.org, and they have an integration with WordPress plugin. This is a basket of self-contained tchotchkes for things like quizzes, games, interactive flashcards, that if you're running any kind of a learning management site or any kind of an e-commerce site that has like content, like you need a lead magnet and so forth, really, really awesome because there's a lot of times like, I don't need to give you a whole course. I just want to give you like a really quick little tutorial. You can make the thing with a free account, pop in the widget, put it in place, uh, do it in line during your, your sales funnel. And it's just a great way to add stuff that is, you know, mobile compatible and so forth without the overload of having to go and build the full stuff. And some of the things are even better because graphically and otherwise it's interactive. So it's, it's Ajaxified and so forth. So it's not just like page to page to page. So check this out. I found a lot of useful stuff. Even just the, the quiz thing or the flashcards is worth the, the free price of admission. It's h5p.org. That's great. Put it into chat, please. They have a vaccine for it now. Do they? That's what I was, funny enough, I was thinking that myself as you were saying that. What, what a title for a product. Heather, my beloved Heather, uh, um, how, how's your shoulder, dear? Are you feeling better? My shoulder is doing well. Uh, my, the doctors have said that it's uh, progressing better than uh, it should be at this point. So, yay, surgery. So, you're, are you off the uh, powerful drugs? Yes. No drugs. Oh, that's a shame. Ah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, always found it very useful. No, no, I'm going to go There's actually a recording when I was on this show, when I was on some painkillers. Uh, um, uh, John will testify. I was at my best, wasn't I, John? Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. right. Yes, it's out there forever, Heather. Uh, um, so have you got anything um, you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers, Heather? Yeah, so uh, one, it's my birthday, yay! Hey. And um, oh, Scorpio sister, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Scorpios, woo! And um, my uh, my publisher for my birthday has uh, given me my book. Uh, it's out in the world today. Um, so uh, like it, right now, it's just in hardcover, uh, but it's on Amazon right now. We're going to put the link out, yay! Uh, but if anyone would like a review copy of it and uh, would like to leave me a review on that, uh, like just contact me and I will send you a digital copy so that you can, or even a hard copy if you want uh, a signed copy of it. And uh, then you can get it, read it, and review it and then uh, spread the love. So it's there called Birth of a Unicorn. It's about the starting of uh, Evernote and the years that led up to that overnight success of a billion dollar company. Yes, these overnight successes that take about <laughs> they take five to ten years. years yeah. don't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, they're just amazing, aren't they? All right, then, Heather, Heather, I might as well start with you. How can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Heather? Yeah, you can uh, reach me at Heatheriel on mm. all of the social medias. Um, or, uh, yeah, that's that's the best way to find me. 
And Spencer, how can people find out more about you and what you are up to? Uh, you go to launchflows.com or you can go to wpfusion.com and click get a free call. And John, um, what do you want? How can people find out more about you and what you are up to? On my website, lockdownseo.com or go to YouTube and search Lockdown SEO. And um, Stephen, how can people find out more about you and what you are up to? Head over to zipfish.io, run a speed test, see how we can make your site faster. Yes, and I want to say Stephen has um, been helping me with a couple of my own websites and him and his team have done an excellent job um, or they're in the process of making my a couple of websites that I've given them into speed machines. So if, you, if you're interested in speed for yourself or for your client, I suggest that you go over to Stephen's website and book a consultation so you can turn your site, I could say, into a speed machine. Um, to, help the, um, to help the podcast, there's two things you can do, listeners and viewers. You can go over to the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Um, we, I'm publishing a load of new content on there. Um, um, and also you get the full shows plus the interviews with the bonus content. So go over to the WP Tonic YouTube channel and subscribe. That really helps. And if you feel really generous in this season of goodwill and turkey, uh, um, you can go over to the Apple and um, leave us a review for the podcast. That really also really helps the show. Um, listeners and viewers, I would love to take the opportunity to wish you and your family a great Thanksgiving in these very difficult times. Um, I know that everybody's got a, um, probably won't be going to see their closest family members because of the pandemic. But um, I just wish you the best and great goodwill, and hopefully you will join. There won't be a show next week because of Thanksgiving, but um, there'll be plenty of other WP content for you to consume. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.